1: This episode is also sponsored by Science Division, the makers of the galaxy's first interactive tribble that you can control with your very own smartphone. Find out more about this amazing collectible and sign up for their mailing list for special offers at sciencediv.com. Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun.
0: Hi, this is Andy Robinson, Elam Garrick on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and you are listening to the biggest little podcast this side of the Gamma Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith. Failure to tune in would not sit well with the Obsidian Order.
1: fleet command temporary employment office located in a sub basement somewhere under a parking garage and some other structure <laughs> it's a pl- it's a very dark place a place that we don't like to go very often because the quality of temps that come through the office are really really leave oh. a lot to be desired but it's the biggest little show this side of the alpha Quadrant, the flagship of the trekks podcast network greetings to you dear listeners and welcome to the trek geeks podcast i'm your co-host bill smith and this is episode number 257 we're happy to have you here thank you so much for downloading thank you so much for for putting us in your ears for yet another week we're so grateful to have you aboard of course by we i do mean my co-host see normally at this juncture i would introduce the lovely and talented dan davidson but dan is off again this week and so I've had to contact the Podfleet Command temp office and get a temp sent over. And for the second episode in a row, they have sent over the the very beautifully maned Casey Shafsky from a Discovering Trek Enterprise. Casey, um, I noticed that your hair has grown approximately another foot since the last time you were on. Um, I think yeah. you, you probably are at a point where you need, like, some Breck shampoo or something.
0: Let me tell you, my friend. First, it's great to be here, even if I'm talking with you. And secondly, yes, um, it's amazing. No hair extensions necessary right now. So I think in about a week and a half or something, I I could just shave all this off and sell it to somebody for a eh, decent wig.
1: (laughs) No, not decent. (laughs) Serviceable? As a wig. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, honestly, nobody's nobody's looking for a gray-haired wig these days.
0: <laughs> wow, I'm terrible. Wow, you're you're lovely. So sad, wow. Dan's not here.
1: Mm. I know. Well, I've said many times, you look like the love child between Kenny Loggins and Kenny Rogers. This that's week, true? though, I, mm-hmm. I think you're taking it to a new level. You almost look like you're the guy who was the the understudy for the Doobie Brothers. Like, if one of them couldn't make the set, <laughs> you would pop in and just and, and do whatever on stage. You'd put on your you know your flannel button down shirt and your yep. corduroys hey. and your your steel tip chucka boots and just get on stage.
0: That's right. Well, it's either that or Wade Garrett from Roadhouse. So I, I'll take either, and we'll run with it.
1: <laughs> We're gonna run for something, and uh, <laughs> what for hell? This is Casey. We're going to run over to Star Trek Voyager to talk about an episode that um, that, that, that really, f- some segments of fandom absolutely love and other segments of fandom really couldn't care less about. And that's the season two penultimate episode, Resolutions. You know it as the one where Chakotay and Janeway might get it on. Mm,
0: yeah, and a monkey's watching. So it's a little weird.
1: It is a little weird. We're going to talk about that. Coming up in just a little bit. But in the meantime, good sir, why don't you uh, tell folks how they can get in touch with us to tell us their thoughts on resolutions or your beautiful hair regimen?
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, all right. Bill, how can people get in touch with us? Really, you and Dan, because then I'm out of here after this one. And-,
1: and no one wants to talk to you.
0: And yeah, and I'm never talking to you two again. But oh, my gosh, everybody, you can head on over to trekgeeks.com contact can contact us through email, voicemail, chat. Heck, you can tweet at us if you want to on the Twitter. There's Camp Kittimer, the official Facebook group of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. And it's on Facebook. It's the most positive Trek group you'll find on Facebook. There's no trolling, no gatekeeping, just people celebrating what they love about Trek. Just search for Camp Kittimer on Facebook and you'll find us. We want to take a moment to thank our wonderful admins, Haley. Jackie, and yes, even Fark for the amazing job they do running the camp. Now, with all of this, please remember that any comments or messages you leave us in any of these places may be used in a future episode.
1: It's amazing that you can get through that j- as easily um, or even slightly better than Dan does this week. I'm, I'm really proud of you. You put in a lot of effort, you rehearsed it a lot, and um, your <laughs> yeah. reading skills are getting much better. <laughs>
0: Well, I practice it once, and you know, hey, we'll just g- give it a go each time and see how how I improve.
1: someday you'll be ready for a, for a podcast of your own.
0: Oh wait, <sighs> <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> Still may not be ready. Oh. You know what, Bill? The 1st of May is upon us. And you all know that means even more Star Trek pins from our friends over at Fansets.
1: You know, and, and I can tell you, this May 1st is going to be no disappointment in that regard, let me tell you. Available this coming Saturday, May 1st, 2021, are the following pins. Two individual pin moji Coming out this weekend are Michael Burnham from Star Trek Discovery and... Jean-Luc Picard from Star Trek Picard. These are both beautiful looking pins and I can't wait. Um, also, mm-hmm. okay, so this is one you're very interested in yes. the USS Titan ship pin as seen in Star Trek lower decks. That's right. Woo-hoo! Captain Lighter's USS Titan, baby. That is awesome. And then it wouldn't be a fan set's release without a new character pin. And this one is one that you're all absolutely going to love nog from star trek deep space nine in his Starfleet uniform this pin looks so amazing and you're going to want to add it to your collection believe me plus don't forget you can still buy the entire pin moji set at the reduced price of only 55.95 that's all nine pin moji pins all at once for one incredible price casey
0: man that is fantastic so everyone Get on over to fansets.com, put a whole bunch of pins and accessories and other stuff in your cart, and out check out. Be sure to enter this week's special Trek Geeks discount code word, BATHTUB. That's B-A-T-H-T-U-B in all capital letters for an amazing 10% off your entire order. This offer will be good until May 4th, 2021 at 11.59 Eastern Daylight Time, plus don't forget, when you spend more than 30 bucks, you automatically get free shipping in the United States.
1: Fansets, our pins, have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network.
0: You know, Bill, Mother's Day is fast approaching, and our friends at Science Division have an amazing offer
1: just for mom. You know, they really do. This officially licensed app-enabled Tribble is the high-quality Star Trek collectible your mom is just going to love. She'll swear that you went all the way to the beta quadrant to get it. Lucky for you, you don't have to go to all that trouble. Select the Mother's Day option when you add the Galaxy's first interactive Tribble to your card at ScienceDIV.com, and your Tribble will ship wrapped in tissue paper and also come with a plush rose and a Tribble pin, all at no extra charge. (laughs)
0: Wow, that's pretty cool. Plus, as a Trek Geeks listener, if you use discount code MOMSDAY, that's M-O-M-S-D-A-Y in all capital letters with no spaces, you're going to get a bonus five bucks off the purchase of Mom's Tribble 2. This code is good to use until Tuesday, May 4th at 1159 Eastern Time. So you better hurry on over to ScienceDIV.com today.
1: Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun, and we thank our friends at Science Division for sponsoring this week's episode. You know, if you're looking for some great Star Trek t-shirts or even other gear to add to your life, then seriously, be sure to check out the Trek Geek store on Public. In addition to our own merchandise, you can directly access all of the officially licensed Star Trek shirts on the TeePublic platform just by going to shop.trekgeeks.com.
0: And when you use that link, you're automatically helping to support the Trek Geeks podcast network with every purchase, whether it's from our store or not. With over 150 designs available and new merch being added all the time, you're bound to find something perfect for the next Trek Tuesday.
1: Plus, Tpublic constantly has special sales and discounts all the time, so you'll want to check back often. It all starts by going to the Trek Geeks shop today at shop.trekgeeks.com. Well, Casey, here we are to discuss, I think, your favorite episode of Star Trek Voyager. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's resolutions. Now, I got to tell you, and all honesty, want to I put this on the schedule a long time ago. Because remember, you know, Voyager missed out last year, um, not getting the in-person celebration for Voyager 30. True. And we still wanted to talk about Voyager this year as life starts to return to normal here, you know, uh, sort of as the pandemic starts to... To hopefully wind down in some parts of the world. Mm -hmm. But this is an episode we thought it would be interesting to focus on since this is one that it it seems that fandom either loves or hates this particular episode. Would you say that's fair? I think that's
0: fair. I I think um, there's a lot of fans of Voyager out there that can uh, read certain things into this episode and whether they enjoy what they're reading into it or not can really uh, I guess divide the fandom a little bit, but there's, there's certain aspects that certain people want and others that others do not want.
1: That's, that's a really great way to put it. I mean, this episode has a really good pedigree. I mean, it's written by Jerry Taylor. You know, she is an amazing writer. She wrote some of the best episodes of next gen and Voyager, quite frankly. Um, she pretty much created the captain, the character of captain Janeway and also wrote a fantastic novel. Um, Called Mosaic, which uh, features a lot of Janeway's backstory, which it it by, by many accounts or by many fans is considered some degree of canon because it was written by the person who created the character. She thought that this was really a a script that she was very proud of, but it might interest you to know that it was the least watched episode of Voyager's second season on the first airing. So here it is. This is episode 25 of a 26 episode season. Tuvix was just before this, and Basics mm-hmm. is just right after it. Yeah, and this episode, sandwiched in between those, was the least watched of the entire second season.
0: Wow, um, that, yeah, that surprises me, especially coming after Tuvix. Uh, I I would not have suspected a drop like that.
1: Hmm. Yeah, makes you think. It really does. I, I think it says a lot about the episode's um, unfulfilled qualities. You know, there are a lot of fans who wanted this episode to go a little farther. I mean, even Kate Mulgrew was disappointed that the romantic side of her character's relationship didn't really progress in the episode or after it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that I, I think that there were some people who maybe weren't ready for this particular aspect of that hmm. relationship for those characters. However. Since then, through the advent of DVD and streaming and binge-watching in particular, fandom kind of explodes over this episode. And there are a whole bunch of people who have come to love the supposed bond that occurs between these two characters. And I'm really kind of fascinated by that. When you watch the episode the first time, or even the second or third, um, did did, did you did you like the character development that they laid forth and did you want them to continue on with it? Or were you glad they just sort of left it by the wayside?
0: Um, I, I was very interested in where this could have gone, you know, supposedly they're together for roughly three months or so on this planet. Yeah. And, you know, some type of different relationship after three months will definitely be forged whatever it is. It doesn't have to be romantic. It could be a much deeper friendship. It could be whatever you could end up hating the person that you're there with. Um, so what I, what I remember from this original run was afterwards and other season, there seemed to me to be zero ramifications at all from this episode. And it, it felt to me like a very formulaic 45 minute episode where something happens, but it really doesn't happen because it's all wrapped up to where the status quo was beforehand as soon as we started that episode.
1: You know, it's interesting. I think that this episode suffers from the Voyager five-minute problem that Dan and I have talked about in the past. They have these developments that occur within the episode, and then in the last five minutes, it's either solved off-screen or it's reset. And Mm. in this case, their relationship is reset back to Captain and first officer. And it's very rigid. Yes. In fact, it's more rigid than it was before this episode. Mm. Almost as if, sort of like, to provide a hard break back to reality. Mm-hmm. You know, the leash gets snapped back. We're back in our roles and it's going to be nothing but business, mister. I don't care if I held your hand. Um, that <laughs> doesn't matter now. Yeah. And I'm speaking as Janeway, not as Bill talking to Casey.
0: Well, <laughs> oh, I'll hold your hand, pal. It's fine by me. <laughs> Well, yeah, especially with you know, uh, Trek, they held hands. That that's like kind of one of the bigger emotional things on certain series that you see, and then n- nothing. It's like it could could this have been a, a interesting three, four, five season slow build from that of a, a different type of relationship? Maybe it could have been interesting. Doesn't mean that, you know, these characters all have to have romantic pursuits with each other, but it could have been that, you know, Hey, we spent these three months together thinking it was just going to be us. And, you know, space monkey on this planet for the rest of our lives. I could see a, like a way deeper trust value of of friendship type thing and of really something that could have blurred the lines of captain and first officer where you're, you're caring so much for the other person that in a platonic way, that that could really have given some other dramatic beats that just frankly were never
1: done. I think the thing I liked about this episode when I first watched it was it gave them a chance to be that world's Adam and Eve, if you believe in that sort of thing. Mm. And how would they respond to that? Mm-hmm. You know, How do you take two individuals who are used to, to working in a hierarchy or a, milita- or a quasi-military structure? Because I mean, yeah. as often as people say, Starfleet's not a military organization, it's essentially a military organization that does science. True. And y- you pluck them into the middle of this beautiful planet alone, potentially to spend the rest of their natural lives. Mm -hmm. What happens? How does that relationship change? How does it evolve? And I really liked that premise when I watched it back in 1996. I thought it was fascinating. And I was kind of hoping that something would occur Mm -hmm. one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Like very definitely like, yep, we're going to do this or no, we're not going to do this at all. But instead, I I thought that they really just sort of skirted the line down the middle. They get to that conversation at the end, which we'll talk about a little later on, but it was all very just, you know, between the lines and didn't stray outside it very much. And I think that to me was probably the largest disappointment of the episode overall in 96, 25 Mm -hmm. years ago. Mm -hmm. Now, when I watch it, I I think it's interesting to see the character work. I, I don't think this episode works as well if it's not Kate Mulgrew and Robert Beltran. They're both really great in this episode against each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I You're
1: love right. the new dynamic and how they're both unsure and working it out or mm-hmm. trying to, mm-hmm. you know, Chicote chicote has got his feet planted right here. And Janeway is yeah. trying to figure out how the hell do we get out of here? And there's, that creates some decent tension.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I, I dig on this where Chicote says like, Hey, I'm, <laughs> I, I can make stuff. I have to have something to do. You're, you're looking to, to cure whatever disease so we can get out of here at some point, but you know, I'm, I'm going to be making headboards. I'm going to make you a bathtub. Okay. Which is kind of, kind of hysterical to me (laughs) and just all the stuff. And, and if we have to, I'm ready to, you know, lay down a log cabin and it just seems like, this is, you know, part of where if he's got all this time and who knows what the character is thinking through all this. But if they go, OK, you know what? I'm going to put my energy into making this place as good as possible for however long we happen to be here. Um, yeah. And I and I can see that. And like you just said, you know, they're they're both on kind of different paths of. You know, make this home or not make this home. Hey, this is a temporary situation. Who knows how long the temporary situation is? Uh, but you know, it's a very, like you said, it's a it feels like a middle-of-the-road kind of. The road kinda, hey, you know what? We we didn't get the full Jamocha almond fudge Sunday triple scoop of <laughs> extra whipped cream, but we also didn't get nothing. So we got a scoop. Of vanilla ice milk. Oh, okay.
1: Um vanilla I mean, is the, the right term.
0: There it right. I mean, think about this. The, you know, they start growing tilaxian tomatoes. So Space Monkey is living large after this. And then I thought about it's like, okay, they've planted these tomatoes. Did they did they deroot them when they left? Because now that there's is a new invasive maybe species of vegetation on this planet and that was another just just little little things that could have been followed up or thought of
1: i i agree with that entirely you know it's funny going back to the headboards thing when Chicote starts making a headboard i'm saying to myself dude you're making a twin headboard you should shoot for the moon and make yourself a king size.
0: <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, at first yeah. I was like, "Boogie board? What is the boy doing?" <laughs> they're
1: they're in the middle of the woods. They're, yeah. where, where's where's the stream? <laughs> um, it, it's I'm gonna call the space monkey Gleek from now on, if that's all right.
0: That's wonderful,
1: absolutely. Because it makes me think of Super Friends and, and Gleek, the the Super Monkey. So, um. I appreciate that Chakotay is is essentially pulling a Kirk from Star Trek to the Raphacon. Oh, survival, first order of business. Yep. You got any food? I'm hungry. is like, oh, we're gonna be here for a while. May as well yeah. make a home. Have no mm-hmm. idea how long it's gonna be, so we may as well be comfortable. And I appreciate the fact that he's he's the pragmatist here. You know, Janeway yes. is bit, driven. That's not a fault of hers. That's who she is, and she's she's sciencey.
0: You know, mm-hmm.
1: I, I'm not a science guy. I, I can say that. Um, and so what is she going to do? She's going to try to find the cure. Instantly, she starts setting up traps, trying to get that same insect. Um, here's my first question, though. So the captain okay. and the first officer beam down to a planet, yeah. get bitten by an insect, yeah. wind up having to stay because they contracted some sort of, of disease. What were they doing on the planet? The captain is supposed to stay on the ship. Um, yeah, plot device, another plot device that
0: makes zero sense (laughs) where I go, maybe send an ensign from the commissary down there where you go, well, you know, Fred was a nice guy, but somebody else will (laughs) clean the plates up. Ensign
1: Ricky. Ensign Ricky. (laughs) Does it? So let's uh, for a minute here, let's rewrite the scene. And instead Mm -hmm. of Janeway going down, because Janeway should be on the bridge. Mm-hmm. What if Chakotay goes down with Bolana because mm. they've got a history together in the Maquis? Yeah, does this potentially change their relationship? I think that's a really fascinating exploration yeah. because I think they'd hate each other by the end. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, they're both so alpha on certain yes. things, and I think they, I think on that, Bolana would would be, you know, I don't want a bathtub. I don't want a headboard we're working to to get the blank out of here. Yeah. And you know, we've been in awful tight, maquis situations. So, so guess what? I'm not interested in you in any way and you neither back and forth. So let's just work the problem. And that could have been very interesting.
1: I think so too. One of the, um, one of my favorite parts of this particular episode is when Janeway says goodbye to the entire crew. They don't get the, the, the luxury or the closure to have it in person, which is what Mm -hmm. I'm sure they would have hoped for. They don't get to see her on screen. They hear a detached voice through static on the speakers. Uh, And she doesn't refer to herself as captain Janeway. Yeah. She calls herself, says this is Catherine Janeway. And she essentially bids them farewell. And, considering all this crew has been through up till that point, granted almost two full years, um, that, that really is, is a kick in, in, in the, the posterior. Mm. I mean, it, it really punches them in the gut and I feel it in that scene because the, Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. joy, the hope is just sucked right out of the room.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, think about it. You're, you're in a dire situation and then it becomes worse not just a little worse it becomes a lot worse so the the two leaders the two factions that came together are are now they're they're not dead so you know you'll be thinking about them for the rest of your life as well and go they could easily be there 50 60 years and we will never see them again. We'll never hear from them. We will never know what happened. We don't know if a week after we left them, you know, it was what, 36 hours of, of, of contact? Yeah. A week after, there could have been a volcano. I don't know. And they're dead. And so all these what ifs. And it's just more emotional brutality for a crew that's already, I mean, you were hanging by a thread to- yeah. Keep, keep the stiff upper lip and like, okay, hey, we're just, we're going to just keep plodding forward and bit by bit, we'll get, yeah, it it's a, uh, it's an, it's more emotional than I thought it was. Re, rewatching this episode this week, yeah. I was surprised because it didn't really hit me in, in the run, original run, but I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is when you're still trying to hold yourself together. In front of everybody else, but it's like, hey, this this is goodbye,
1: and mm. that's that's really the perfect word for it. It is one hundred percent fare thee well. Um, uh, we'll never see you again. I hope you make it home. Yeah. Oh um, boy. And and when you think about it in those terms, I understand why everybody aboard the ship is shell shocked, because yeah. the the person that has really kind of brought them all together and bound them together mm-hmm. It's all of a sudden gone. And like you said, it's not because there's any closure about it. They're just going to get left behind um, because they can't proceed forward. And that's, that's really kind of horrible. Tuvok has the unenviable position of being the acting captain. Yeah. And well, oh. I mean, it's logical. I hate using that term in this case, but it mm-hmm. really is logical. But I think it's a task despite his years of expertise that he's not prepared for. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. It's, it's a no win scenario. Okay. He can't, you can't win. Things could maybe be okay. But like you said, this is such an emotional event happening (laughs) that yeah, the, the Vulcan isn't prepared for that aspect. Of it, and with everything coming up and and through that, and I mean Harry, you know, wow, it, Harry just—I mean, I'm glad they had a character do that. Of, ah, uh, you know, not not blatant, awful <laughs> underling yeah. But yeah. of someone really struggling emotionally with all this of like why are why aren't we why aren't we why aren't we and you know give give me more than just a logical reason of
1: why not and, and yeah that's exactly it there are times where it borders on insubordination but it's outright anger it it manifests itself in trying to fix the problem but he lashes out at Tuvok more than once yeah Yeah. And it, one, it's out of character for Harry. Two, it's some of the the most range they give that character in all seven seasons. Because, I mean, he doesn't really get anything really weighty again until timeless. I mean, he dies a couple of times between you <laughs> know, seasons two and, and five. But um, Oh, that's all.
0: Okay, that's
1: fine. Yeah, and this isn't even the Harry Kim we started with. <laughs> because in Deadlock, about five episodes ago, um, oh, that's our Harry Kim or, got blown out the airlock.
0: That's right.
1: Nobody ever talked about that mm. again. Yeah. New new Harry. Boy, yeah. But I mean, Harry, you know, Harry being the uh, theoretically the youngest officer is is really left with a bad taste in his mouth. I mean, mm-hmm. he knows that Janeway doesn't believe in, in pe- leaving people behind, and he's blaming Tuvok. Even though it's not Tuvok's blame to carry, and right. his his anger, his emotion, his uh, his broken spirit is what drives him to feel that way, and, and in challenging Tuvok openly.
0: Yeah, that was um, very interesting, plot wise. I, I I get it, but character wise. You know, especially when you got Paris turning around like, dude, dude,
1: <laughs> yes. he, he's
0: not, he's you know, I mean, that's all I have in my head is he's looking at go, dude, shut up. You don't know what you're doing right now. And you know, with and we have done that with people all around us, where you get a little buggy ad, like we well, you just <laughs> stop it right now. <laughs> um, and you know, if if Paris and Harry have this, you know, good friendship and stuff like part of part of what i was thinking i was like hey why why isn't paris turning around quicker and of just hey harry why do, why don't we go check a manifold or see how the torpedoes are doing or something because yeah, yeah, yeah that public insubordination type deal you can't have that especially now with this situation
1: you can't have more turmoil there's got to be less when Tom Paris is your voice of reason, you have made a serious, <laughs> serious tactical error. You know, you really need to take a step True. back and go, did I just say that? Yeah. I, when you know, you really
0: frat boy to- tells you to, dude, cool it. It's like, oh, frat boys telling me to not chug from the full keg. Okay. I will back off.
1: It is time to check yourself. But no kidding. But I mean, I mean that that speaks to Harry's passion and emotion, though, because I mean he believes that steadfastly, not only in Janeway, but in the in, in the the belief that you just you don't leave them behind. Mm-hmm. You know, you do whatever it takes to make sure that they're there with you, um, even though it's it was Janeway's order. So I, I appreciate where Harry comes from in this episode. I think that. In the script, it maybe takes it just a smidge too far. Because it makes Tuvok's turnabout later on seem unbelievable. I gotcha. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Tuvok changes on a dime. Yeah, so Kess comes in, yep. you know, to the ready room and says, let me tell you about my dad. And I'm like, what the hell is this story going to be about? Because you only lived for seven years. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and. and it seems more like a device to get Tuvok out into the bridge than anything else. Mm-hmm. And they sent Kess because Tuvok's not going to get mad at kess newsflash. Tuvok doesn't get mad. There He's go. got no emotions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it took literally 35 seconds for him to go from, yeah, we're not doing this too. All right. Set a course for the Vidians. And that just seems slightly to me, slightly, off for Tuvok. Well, there, yeah, there
0: was no, I don't think so. There was no shown struggle of, you know, like, is there a scene of, of him contemplating in the quarters or even doing a, a per, another personal log of, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of this, these are the orders that are given. This is what's logical to do. However, this type of thing. So that there is a journey
1: <laughs> there and That's it. we didn't get that. He he didn't seek counsel from anybody. You know, if he'd yeah. gone to the doctor, you know, like like Kirk had done so many times, talked to Bones or, or somebody on the ship other than Kes, because Kes yeah. is two years old. <laughs> yeah. Um, somebody yeah. you know well versed in 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 Starfleet? Um, you know, mm. Paris wouldn't have been a great fit because Paris was a prisoner two years ago. Mm-hmm. So I really think it's it's got to be the doctor or torres maybe but i, I think Tuvok needed to seek some sort of counsel um even if it was from a holodeck simulation of like a vulcan elder or something mm-hmm. to sort of ground his mind and s- sort of force him into that logical decision that because otherwise sense. it's a decision without any real thought it's mm-hmm. it's it's impulse and that's not what tuvac
0: oh yeah Oh, I got gotcha. you, and you know, for for a TV series, have it be one of those two characters. It so you, you're not spending money bringing in a, a different character. You have to do makeups and all this type of stuff. Right. Fine, go to the doctor, you you know, and and have that have that scene. It doesn't have to be a huge long scene by any means. You know, it would cut into some monkey time, but other than that okay, fine. And then when he turns and goes, here's the deal. All right. I'm, none of you are going to be blamed. I will take the entire blame. This is, this is what we're doing. Which didn't we all know
1: was going to happen anyways. You know, that conversation even works better with Neelix than it does with Cass. And Tuvok and Neelix kind of have a relationship Mm. at that point. Mm -hmm. You know, Whereas Neelix isn't an expert in Starfleet or even commanding a starship, he does understand people extremely well, and he understands Tuvok as for as much as he, you know, likes to to goad Tuvok to some extent. I think it works if 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 Tuvok has that conversation with Neelix in the mess hall over a bowl of soup. I, yes. I think it it, it accomplishes yes. the same thing, and we're not talking five minute scene. We're talking maybe ninety seconds, and you've got the basis for the, the, the turnabout ultimately Absolutely. it's the right decision. I mean, yes. if they're, what they should have done in my opinion was leave Janeway and, and Chakotay on the planet for four or five episodes. Oh, there let you it go, go in the next season. Oh, let yes. Them, oh, let those characters build a small arc and then resolve it four or five episodes in.
0: You know, thinking of that, Bill, that that's great because literally it could have been this episode, the last episode of the season, and then you get them back the first episode of next season. So three, really three episodes going on there and where they're really not in an episode for one, one and a half, maybe, but you have all that time in between when there were seasons What you had that summer hiatus and all that. So three, four months of everybody wondering what's going on and living that actual time would have given everything much more depth. So then when they come back and I mean, Hey, rescue them by the very end of season three, episode one of like, Hey, Hey, we just got here. Great. Okay. And you have, yeah, that would have been, I like your idea, my friend. Absolutely.
1: Well, you know, every now and then I come up with a, a decent idea 25 years after the fact. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right on
0: time.
1: <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about what I like to refer to as the conversation in this episode. Ooh. It's really the most weighty mm-hmm. scene in the episode. It's the one where sort of Chakotay and Janeway sit down and it's, it's sort of the, the will we or won't we discussion. And Janeway thinks they should define parameters, and Jakote is like, I, I don't know if I can define a parameter, but mm-hmm. let me regale you with an ancient tale of my people. Akuchi <laughs> <you> yep. <laughs> um, And he essentially tells her a fake story, but the story is mm-hmm. actually the story of Voyager. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You know, <laughs> um, it's about this guy who was in conflict with the rest of his tribe, a man who couldn't find peace, even with the help of his spirit guide. Um, the only satisfaction he got when he was with battle. Um, and then one day he and his war party were captured by a neighboring tribe led by a warrior woman. All right, guy, I get it. You're talking yeah. about her.
0: Hitting over the head.
1: Yeah, bonk, bonk already. You know, he he tells her essentially that he's always going to be by her side. And he's always going to be there for her. And that's really all he ever says, but he had to put it in some sort of parable mm-hmm. to be able to say it. And I, knowing the things he's already said to her up to this point, I don't understand why he had to do that.
0: Okay. Yeah, he's this, pretty open. Right. This didn't make sense to me because he says this, but I go, but okay, you'll be by her side, but d- how, out. this out. this once again this is middle of the road. You're not saying I'm looking for this, I'm looking for that. I'll be here for you for this or that. It's once again, hey, I'll be here for you. Let's figure that out maybe or it's just it's just like a big, you know, meatball just out there sitting there and you have no idea what he means.
1: No depth. Could, all he has to do is tell her he loves her. If, in the, if in fact that's how he feels mm-hmm. yet, he tells her everything else <laughs> yeah. in the weirdest format possible. The thing that really strikes me about them having this conversation is Jane. And I didn't notice this until today. Janeway has tears running down her face.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: I, I think that this is the moment where she comes to realize that he is her future. I think this is where she starts to soften and starts to realize Mm. we're going to be here. We have to build a life together. Mm -hmm. And I think that had this gone on two, three, four episodes, they would have been a very different relationship at the end of it.
0: Okay. I think, I hope.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Instead, what we get is.
0: (sighs) Eh. Another reset. Eh.
1: Well, a, a reset, you know, a, a down the middle sort of non-committal kind of thing. Um, I uh, yeah. It's a the, squandered opportunity.
0: The, exactly. The possibilities that could have come from this, you know, a a possibly real in-depth storyline. And if they were going to be moving away from other things like, you know, Vidians and the Kazon and all that type of stuff and be more character focused under whatever, (laughs) come on. Deep emotions can make some very good dramatic possibilities. And unfortunately it's not there. And, you know, it's, did did you catch this? Like Bill, like when, when Voyager comes back to, to get them,
1: (laughs) Are they thrilled? It's, it's funny you bring that up because I'm watching that the other day and I'm like going, they almost look disappointed, you know, cause we don't mm-hmm. know how much time went by in between the conversation and Voyager hailing them. True. Okay. Let's assume that it was a few weeks at least. And you have to wonder at what point they were at as far as their relationship, you know, relating to one another. Had they already decided that they were going to push the twin beds together? Um, You know, uh, who knows? Mm -hmm. So by the time you notice that neither of them is wearing a comm badge when Voyager calls them, that's That's a change. Yeah. They're up on the shelf. Like, we're not going to need these anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, They almost look disappointed because they've settled in. Janeway has settled in. And that's really the important development there they thought Mm -hmm. that this was never going to happen and they're, they're stunned.
0: Yeah. Well, I, like you said, they they've settled in. So your, um, emotional stance has completely shifted and you've bought in, into this. And like everyone on Voyager trying to make the best that they have, these two are trying to make the best of the situation that they have. And then it's just this kind of, you know, rug being pulled from under you of like, Oh, Oh, okay. I, I have to shift now again, emotionally within what it was about three months time total.
1: Yeah. About of everything
0: going on. Okay. Wow. To, to hold on to hope, hold on to hope, hold on to hope, hold on up and then go, you know what? I'm Nope. We're going to be here forever. And then <laughs> however, a while later go, Oh, Nope no, we're not going to be here forever. So let's, let's pack up. It's fine. Woof. <laughs> we're going to need you to come back to work. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, playtime's over. So and in the very next scene, they both got, uh, they're packed up. They've got their uniforms back on. Janeway is very Janeway. Yeah. You know, her, her captain, you know, rank is, is back on and she is playing the part. And it's, it's it's like episode one rigidity all over again Mm. i think she's i think she's got to talk herself back into being that person and adopting that mantle again at least in my own head canon because here she was she figured she was going to be there for the rest of her life and now it's back to the only thing she's ever wanted to do and she's probably going to look at it a little differently from here on in
0: oh i'd certainly hope so (laughs) with with this type of situation happening to you that maybe your focuses change a bit but definitely how you relate to things has to, i mean 3 months out of your life with a yeah. very different thing happening that has to change you maybe not completely fundamentally but um it, i would think there would be specific things that would Change, you know, lighten up on certain other things, really appreciate every single day, not just be focused on what if, what if, what if that's out there, but what is happening now, you know, living in the moment, not necessarily living for the moment, but you're yes. in this now. Be here.
1: Well, mm. and that's 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 Chicote to a T. You know, b- be here now. If you could sum up Chicote in three words, that's it. I, yeah, yeah. This episode has so much potential, but I feel like a lot of it is just discarded, but it takes me to the concept of shipping because that's a big thing in our fandom. Mm-hmm. Star Trek fans love to ship or, you know, stick two characters in a relationship together in their own head in their own space because um, they feel that that was the natural evolution for these characters. So I- I'm going to ask you, because I don't really think we've talked about this. Do you think that over the course of seven years of Voyager, that Janeway and Chakotay really ever got involved romantically?
0: Um, oh boy. O- officially, no, no, they didn't. But seven right. years, I would go. I would have thought yes, they're they're at some. That's why I saying at some point it could have been a very long building type of a thing. I mean, how many times have you heard of people where they're widows or widowers and there's some person who's around them, who's unattached, who helps them through that really traumatic situation Mm -hmm. and they're, they're friends and they stay friends, but it becomes deeper. And then like two years after that, they like go, Oh, I love you. Oh, I love you too. And right. you can see that happening organically. So I I mean, I could have seen it happen. Doesn't mean I want it to happen. It doesn't have to happen. None of these characters have to be romantically involved. They can be extremely tight platonically right. and, you know, get fulfillment um from that. So I I don't know on that. I, I think they probably would have. What about you?
1: I tend to think that they didn't, okay, and it it, it boils down to the words that that Chicote uses in in um care, caretaker um, when you know Belana asks, well, you know, w- what gives her the right to make this decision? It's like, well, she's the captain. That's like, because mm-hmm. she's the captain, this isn't gonna happen mm-hmm. Pro- partly because Janeway needs to keep that separation. And partly because Chakotay respects her role in the chain of command. I I honestly don't think that it would have been a thing or else. I don't think that in season seven, the writers would have ham fisted a, a relationship with seven of nine. Um, Ugh. At, at Ugh. the tail end there. Right. right. I, I, I guess I understand why people put these two characters together, especially based on this episode, but I really don't think it's something that would happen. I know that's going to draw the ire of, Plenty of people who love to ship these two characters together, no. But I, I, mm. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not telling them they're wrong. I'm not telling them it's, it's, you know, it's, it's never going to happen. It didn't happen. I'm saying that for me, from my perspective as a viewer, I see it from the opposite side. I, I just, I, 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 I think Janeway respects her captaincy far too much. I mean, because nobody says this about Kira and Cisco. True. Very you true. Know? No, nobody said this about Archer and to Paul. And mm-hmm. Archer, I mean, at one point <laughs> in Twilight, T'Pol leaves her role on the ship to care, be Archer's ta- caretaker. Caretaker,
0: yeah, yeah. You know? It's so, it's uh, it's odd that why why would it have to happen with the first female captain lead of yeah. the series? Um, I, I I get strong. that people see
1: it. I get that people you know, love that aspect of it. I, I'm glad I there's, I'm sure there's great fan fiction that has been written as the result. That's awesome. I, I approach it from a different angle. And if we're going to go infinite diversity, and infinite combinations, you know, my viewpoint on that is, has got to be just as valid. So. Well,
0: um, it is everybody's is because guess what? It's all made up anyways. And <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> <it's> the <laughs> Casey Shapsky role. There you go. It's not real. Make up what you, what you want. And and enjoy it. And, you know, if your thinking is different from somebody else,
1: fine. No worries. And that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I, I understand that there's a connection between these two characters. It's been there since the first episode. These actors are great in these roles. And there is definite chemistry between Beltran and, and Mulgrew. I mean, it's undeniable. Yeah. I yeah. It's easy to put those two characters as portrayed by those people together in that kind of, of shipping situation. Totally understand. It's not like, I think it's ludicrous. I get where this comes from. Mm -hmm. So, um, I just, I really wish if the writers were going to do this, they would have committed to it after this.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's the, uh, as we say, that's the Gucci of the whole deal. There, there's no commitment either way. Um, from my point of view And, and, you know, wishy washy. It's like, then Then it just comes back to me with, uh, I thought uh, uh, Voyager's main problems that I had was the resets because then, you know, we've just watched all this and and supposedly invested emotionally in that time. And then it doesn't matter. And then it didn't happen. And it just kind of goes, then why, why even make a story about it?
1: (laughs) That's a really good point. Well, you know, in the episode before this, um, yeah, you know, Janeway kills two Vicks. Murderer he gets rid gets rid of a character. Yeah. In this episode, they get rid of two characters, but bring them back. And then in the next episode, everybody gets marooned, and the K's on take the ship. Wow. <laughs> well, hmm. talk about variations on a the theme, right? Somebody, something might be a little snake bit. A little bit. <laughs> oh so, man. Let- let me ask you this: So, obviously, the Vidians uh-huh. play a role in this, and it's it's a convenient role. Mm-hmm. I understand that it's a method by which to get Janeway and Chakotay back to the ship, which was always going to happen in the first place. So, the Vidians are a convenience in this episode to me because they're oh, they're a race that does weird medical stuff. They must have a cure, or they must mm-hmm. know of one. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that uh, Denarapel actually has a cure. And Voyager's able to get it from her. Is is it just me, or is this way too easy? I cannot stand coincidence
0: or e- ease of everything drops into place perfectly. Yeah, like like this. It it drives me nuts because honestly, it would have been a much truer sell like you saying if it was a few episodes in and and then maybe they find something or the doctor has you know stayed on for 2 months straight and found something that would work but there's you know these um other characters that hey just happen to be around we just happen to have kind of a good relationship with you know the doctor there hey we'll do it Oh, they fire on us on, anyways, but we're going to make sure to show you that the doctor didn't know what was going on and, you know, was being a doctor. Um, Yeah. E- easy contrivance bothers me.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the other reason why I wish this had gone on for a few episodes um, because the Vidians knew where they were going. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> right? um, all they had to do was monitor <laughs> the initial communications with the doctor to know what was going on. They could very Uh, easily have just pursued Voyager to that planet and, and started firing on them again mm -hmm. or radioed to other Vidians. Who knows? It's, it's, it's a contrivance. Um, I get it. We were going to get them back on the ship anyway. It's not a bad way to do it. This would have been a decent two part episode if they weren't going to do three or four, Sure, it would have been a great season cliffhanger.
0: How amazing would it have been if Janeway had found a cure and they had been on that planet, let's say six, eight months, and she finds a cure and then has to weigh, it's going to be six or eight months before they can make it back here anyway, so it would be a year. Do I tell Chakotay? Do I not? Have I accepted being here? I mean, more emotional growth for those characters. And she's a scientist. She she could have come up with this. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Well, I, I think what we have here is an episode that it's by no means the worst of Voyager. It's a very watchable episode. No. Yeah. It does have some, some pretty key plot issues that um, probably should have been reworked. But ultimately, I, I don't think it makes for a bad episode. I, I think that as far as Voyager episodes go... I think this is probably one of the better Chakotay Janeway stories, quite frankly, and okay. it, cool. it, and I I've always liked Jerry Taylor's writing. I like the episode overall, despite some of my problems with some of the aspects.
0: Well, yeah, these two actors work really well together, and you can tell. <laughs> and um, yeah, more depth would have been great. It, like you said, it's I on certain things I go. It's a fine episode. It's not the best. It's not the worst. It's it's <laughs> fine. fine.
1: It's fine. <laughs> well, Casey, you know what else is fine? That's oh, our friends, the me. band Five Year Mission. They are every ounce of music you hear on this fantastical podcast. We couldn't do it without them, quite frankly. I mean, it's um it adds such a great atmosphere to the show and we love listening to them. I'm a huge fan of Five Year Mission. You're a huge fan. We want everyone To go out to fiveyearmission.net, get all their albums Mm -hmm. year one, year two, year three, year four, Spock's Brain, Trouble with Tribbles, and get the CDs in your hands. You want that physical media so that you have it forever. You don't have to worry about streaming or internet. So you just pop it in your CD player and you're good to go. And of course, don't forget Five Year Mission has an amazing podcast right here on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network that we want everyone to listen to, available pretty much wherever you procure your very fine podcast. But get out there, get all their albums. We guarantee you're going to become a huge fan, Casey.
0: Oh, I I am already love those guys so much. And you know, Bill, it's another week where I saw this really different episode of Star Trek. Hmm. It featured a low-end podcaster who was also an ambassador traveling around and negotiating agreements with other podcasts. He traveled around with his podcast partner, who seemed a lot older, like a lot older than he was, and that is because he was draining the life force out of him to maintain his telepathic powers. That's right. It's the season six Next Gen episode, Dan of the People.
1: Oh my God.
0: Hey, i that just I came never, off the top of my head.
1: I never thought I'd be excited for Farcisms to come back. <laughs> And I'm not. I'm I'm really not. Um, But this isn't much better. I
0: said I would do these. Yeah, I said I'd do these. I didn't say they would be good.
1: (laughs) Well, we're 100% of that, Cole. Uh, But fiveyearmission.net. please go get all their albums. Don't forget, too, you can support the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to us on Patreon, where you can get all kinds of special exclusive perks, Casey.
0: That's right. We've got shirts. We've got exclusive Patreon pins from our friends at Fansets. And pretty soon, there'll be some new perks, which we'll be announcing soon. So, stay tuned. And trust me, you're going to love them. We'd like to take a moment right now to thank our associate producers for Trek Geeks. We're so grateful for their support. And the associate producers are Vikram Bhatt, Luke Burnham, Brad Demog, William Edward M. Jr., Patrick Escudero, Brandon Everidge, Andy Fark. Kimberly Francis, Jonathan Hamilton, Ryan Jeffs, John Krikorian, Sean Lynn, Jimmy McGregor, Aaron Melonkoff, Casey Pettit, still a great name, Tim Robertson, <laughs> Greg Rozier, <laughs> Eric Sakian, Adam Sanders, Tim Sidar, Heather Stone, Blake Strike, Rick Tetralt, Lisa Tomlinson, Jessica Dax Vincent, Ron Robel, And the gracious, wonderful, and newly haircutted Conrad Hutchins.
1: (laughs) Thank you for putting some extra emphasis on that. That was fantastic. (laughs) We also want to thank our Trek Geeks producers for their support. They are Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Lionel Marchand, Rick Mason, Matt McGonigal, Jim McMahon, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, you, Casey Schafsky, uh-huh. Chris Tabuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and the lovely and talented Jess Vashon. The senior producer of Trek Geeks is the tremendously terrific Jude Tatman.
0: Jude is the dude. You too can become producer on the Trek Geeks network and it's so easy to do. Just head on over to patreon.com slash Trek Geeks today for all the details. Hey Jude,
1: don't make it bad. Sorry, we can't do much more than that or Spotify is going to kill. I know
0: exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Casey in two weeks on Trek Geeks, it is the much heralded return of Dan Davidson and to celebrate we'll be discussing a couple of his favorite episodes.
0: Well, I suppose he had to come back sometime. I'm really sorry, listeners. But as your spine is decalcifying, having to listen to Dan's voice, you'll at least be hearing a discussion on the Mirror Universe episodes of Star Trek Enterprise. That's right. It's In a Mirror Darkly, Parts 1 and 2, in two weeks on The Flagship.
1: Well, Casey, thank you so much for sitting in for Dan. The last couple of episodes, we greatly appreciate it. We look forward to hearing more with you and Sarah on discovering Trek Enterprise. And um, hopefully we get to do this again sometime Um, or maybe you and Dan can do it and I'll take a day off or something.
0: Sounds good to me, man.
1: (laughs) <laughs> no, you don't want to podcast with dan that's going to be a disaster for even more great start discussion we want everyone to check out the other member podcasts on the network including two casey's discovering trek there's rewind with sarah and haley pilot treks five-year mission deep space pride infinite trek the divine treasury and of course we're so excited and proud to bring you the latest podcast of the trek geeks network sci-fi sisters we We can't say enough great things about them. We love the show, and we hope you'll check out their podcast, dropping fortnightly on Fridays. Of course, Casey, as Dan has learned, that means every two weeks. You can find all our podcasts, including where to listen, by visiting trekgeeks.com slash listen.
0: The Trek Geeks Podcast Network. No one talks Trek like we do.
1: No one. And of course, for all the news on all the Star Trek CEO, please visit our great friends at Trek News. Net. For now, this has been episode number 257 of the Trek Geeks Podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper. I'm still cuckoo
0: for coconut.
1: You're cuckoo for something, and I'm not really <laughs> sure what it is. Or well, you're cuckoo because of something, and that I figured out. Like, I'll lot.
0: give you that one.
1: Music for Trek Geeks is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at FiveYearMission.net. Trek Geeks is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. bum ba. welcome everybody normally no, <laughs> this starts with bing pong you're already breaking the, the rules of engagement bunga bunga la binga bunga,
0: goonga la goonga as a friend of mine said
1: what when is dan back
0: <laughs> <laughs> not soon enough obviously oh, for some me. people
1: he's getting ready to go to to disney i'm i'm really jealous Two weeks there, three weeks there, is he eating alligator? What's what's the boy gonna be doing? <laughs> or getting eaten by an alligator. I'm not really sure which. Right. Oh because he's not that bright. He's
0: not fast either. <laughs> is he a strong swimmer? I don't know if he's a strong swimmer. <laughs> probably not. Okay. Probably not. I, I can you see that. him. Yeah. I mean he's he's pale
1: like chicken, so he probably tastes like chicken. <laughs> he's not even a strong swimmer in a crowd. <laughs> oh oh it's, I love how we can just land base Dan. He's not even here. Well, hi Casey. Hi William Smith. How
0: are you this oh, grand evening?
1: I'm doing better. Yeah. Last last Friday, I got my second dose of the Pfizer vaccine. Very good. And it started a whole weekend of feeling like I had a mild case of the flu. Yeah. I think that does it Friday. I started off with a a migraine toward the late afternoon. And then Saturday I woke up and had muscle aches. Okay. And I had, uh, I didn't have a fever, but I did have some shortness of breath. Um, I did have, uh, my arm was hurting like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Um, and I just, I was, I was pretty miserable and that lasted into Monday. And finally the shortness of breath kind of went away sometime late Tuesday. But, um, yeah, for the majority of the weekend and into Monday, I felt, I felt like, like ass. Okay. Well, your system's working. Maybe that's good. My system did what it's supposed to. Um, so, uh, here we are, um, in a week I'll be considered fully vaccinated cause that'll be the two week mark and, Lovely. um, and, and things will be awesome. So both Trek geeks will be at full vaccination power.
0: That'll be fantastic. So in public, you can go back to licking door handles.
1: Yes. Oh, now I can wear a mask just to hide my face as opposed to. Uh, well, we all, we all appreciate
0: that. I almost got you a mask that had Dan's lower portion of his face printed <laughs> oh, on it.
1: Don't do that. They, oh they wouldn't. God. They
0: refused. They said, <laughs> we will not do pornographic material on a face mask, <laughs> sir. I was like, well, geez, you approve Or at least,
1: at least vomitous material. Well, yeah, whatever it is.
0: (laughs) There's your bing (laughs) bong.
1: I think you don't quite get what the bing bong is. It's a good thing you're just an intern.
0: I thought it could be used at any time.
1: No, it's specifically at the beginning of the outtake. Wow, such hard and fast rules. Well, you know why that is? It's because when you enter a Zoom meeting, when we first started recording the podcast and got off of Skype, Mm-hmm. We started using Zoom, and whenever Dan would hop on the session, there'd be this deafening bing bong in our ears, which the recording would trap. Um, and so when we got off of Zoom, we just <laughs> announced that we were there by doing big bong. Um, so that's, and bing bong has made it into um, into the the outtake thus far to, to the point where people refer to it as the bing bong.
0: The bing bong. So it's not the big bong. It's a bing bong.
1: Correct. Bing bong. Ah. Uh. OK, like Ben Crosby's bong, which, by the way, is the name that, of my new ska band.
0: That'd be awesome because that dude <laughs> toked up like nobody's. Been, hey, the, the Crosby mansion is less than 20 minutes from here that they lived at for quite a long time. And hmm, there, there were stories Great game, about guys. that, Let's man. Let's go get a
1: Coke. Yeah. You know, those were his last words. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do. I played around a golf. <laughs> I'm surprised
0: Coke didn't like use that on billboards <laughs> and such. Or Pepsi. <laughs> Pepsi. That would have been better. Hey, no, do no. you want to drop dead? Like Bing? Have a Coke. It's got dark. Pepsi,
1: Pepsi. We don't kill you. <laughs> wow. Wow. Alternate marketing slogans from Casey Shafsky. Who can be reached? Hey. Uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> So how are, how are you doing out there in California? A? We're, we're good, my
0: friend. We are also fully vaccinated now and, um, just looking forward to getting out and getting out, um, more often and, and safely. have done a, a couple little trips to a friend's restaurant that has just outdoor patio yep. stuff. And that was wonderful. So we're just kind of, you know, beginning to think of well, gosh, all that vacation time where we didn't do anything last year. Yeah. What's the possibility? And uh, Bora Bora came up last night, so <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna possibly look into that. <laughs> that
1: sounds amazing.
0: Yeah, it's it's tough to find places where my wife hasn't gone because of her extensive travels. And there's right, places right. that I've gone as well where we're both like, oh, okay, good. No, I've been there. No, we did this type of stuff. And uh, so I was like, well, Bora Bora, you been there? No. no I'm, I like, well, all right. So we'll look into that. Who knows? It it may be that we just hit San Diego. But uh,
1: <laughs> I, I'm thinking well, hey. something fun. Well, that's it. It's all about something fun because you can at this point. I think right. uh, Kelly and I are looking at possibly doing – disney in december disney world okay um because she's got a spartan race in december in florida oh there you go um and we, f- we figure that's one that's enough time for us to feel comfortable with doing it even yeah. though we're both already yeah. fully vaccinated and then two you know i mean the level of vaccination is just going to increase in the country between now and then so uh, we're not we love cruising neither of us is ready to get on a cruise ship right now
0: I don't blame you for a second. That's like, yeah, the stories of cruise ships just regularly give me a bit of a pause. And then with all this, it's like, you know, I, I really want a nice clean atmosphere for a while.
1: I've never had a problem on a cruise ship. You know, I've been on at least half a dozen cruises together, I think. And, um, I I have never wanted for cleanliness or felt like I was in a germ infested cesspool. And I mean, we've, we've been on a lot of the lines. We've been on Royal. We've been on, uh, Norwegian. We've, we've done several on Carnival, which is some people view as sort of like the lower tier cruise line. Um, but you get amazing value for your dollar. This is not a, they're not sponsoring us. I mean, I'm just, that's great. I'm travel. But, um, routinely, um, going into the main dining room on most cruise lines, there's somebody standing there with hand sanitizer.
0: Oh, you right know? on. Did not know oh, that.
1: Oh, yeah. There are sanitizing stations all over the place. I mean, sure. I mean, there's, there's going to be, I'm sure, people who sneeze and don't cover their mouths at some point. But, I mean, that's true yeah, going to everywhere. the grocery store. That, that's true. So that's true. while I, I understand that it is a, a giant enclosed space and that is prime for a lot of things, um, historically, under normal circumstances, we've never had a problem cruising.
0: That would be great. Have you guys thought about, because we checked into like a uh, big river cruises, stuff over in Europe type thing where, I and part of it go, there's like not as many people all in right. one, one spot. And because we keep going, well, gosh, if you're doing the cruise on certain places, it's like, heck, I'd want to get off to eat. At wherever place we are, I mean, when right. you're on the when you're on the ocean, I, it makes perfect sense to me. It's like, okay, you're there, do it. But I was like, ah, oh, maybe the a river cruise thing would be kind of hip. Less waves, less waves would help me too.
1: Although you know what, even in the the, the big cruise ships, you know, on on the on the ocean and the Caribbean, you don't feel the waves really very much at all. Um, they have these one these ships are so giant, but two they have these stabilizers that extend out under the bottom of the ship almost like wings. Oh, okay. Through the waves. Um, Kelly was very concerned about motion sickness when she got on and she's never once had a problem and she doesn't that's like the water. Awesome.
0: Uh, well, good. There you go. See that. That's very <laughs> good yeah. to know. Cause I'm like, uh, I've done deep sea fishing a few times with my dad and brother and very different. Holy. Mm-hmm. We went out, uh, late 2019 and it was myself, my brother, his son, and our dad. And <laughs> this was kind of the hey, um, this is the last time we're all going to go deep sea fishing with you, because <laughs> inevitably one of us pukes our guts out. So I got the wristband thing, I got the, uh, the the pills. Went to the doctor for that. Yep, yep. And we we went out, and the guy who who took us out and other people was like. Holy moly, this is the this is the flattest day we've had all season. And it was perfect. It was beautiful. None of us got sick. We caught a lot of very small link cod, rock cod. And at the end of it, my nephew's like, that was great. We got to do it together. I go, no, 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 no. This, this is my Ted Williams, my man. I hit a home run. I'm out. This is never happening again because we are never gonna get this much glass on the water again.
1: Yeah. No, that's the way to go. So um, yeah, at some point we'll return to cruising. It's just not going to be anytime soon. The bummer was is we had a cruise schedule for last September, oh, twenty twenty yeah. that we, you know, obviously cruised early on when they started allowing cancellations at full refund. Um, so that was a bummer, but at some point we'll get back on one. I'm sure.
0: I hear you. I think, and I mean, I would hope with everything now afterwards places will be even more uh, in depth and secure in keeping things clean and really being on top of stuff. Yeah. And I was like, okay, Hey, well, you know, we'll give it a go. That's why it's going to be interesting with STLV.
1: 103 days from, as we record this. Wow. That's not far. It's it's not, but if you think of how far we've come in a hundred days, yeah, you know, uh, till now, because this geeks. was we're, we don't get political and truck be- truck geeks, but this is President Biden's one hundredth day in office as we record this. Um, we are light years away from where we were January nineteenth, twenty twenty. Yes, and it's amazing yes. to see how far the country has come already.
0: Yeah, so boom, you know, roughly a hundred more days, things could yeah. be just swimming. I'm like, ah, oh, that would be fantastic.
1: Here's hoping cause I, I hope that means you're going to get a haircut before Vegas. Cause you're going to sweat no. like nobody's business. Nope.
0: Nope. they You <laughs> you can contact me in 2023 and that's maybe when I'll start
1: getting it cut. That's it. You're going to have, you're going to have a braided ponytail <laughs> coming down the back. You're going to look be like able- you just-
0: Tuck it into my pants in the back.
1: <laughs> Cause that'll look
0: really good.
1: We're gonna start wearing tie-dyed shirts because you're in the Bay Area. And start people are gonna... <laughs> oh, I'll start wearing them in public. Let's put it that way. Um yeah. and uh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Do you already own Crocs? No, I never will. No.
0: I don't yeah, okay. No. Orkental one. So when... One hundred percent. No, no Birkenstocks, no Crocs. I'm not a big sandals dude. That that bothers me. I and personally, I don't want to see everybody's skanky ass toes. So put them away, All dude. Right? You're
1: doing your hippie cosplay. You're going to win up with Birkenstocks at some point.
0: <laughs> I'm going to go fully barefoot with really <laughs> cr- crusty. Oh, barefoot at STLV in the Rio. <laughs>
1: on the Take streets it. of vegas and on the 120 degree pavement
0: yeah that'll that'll last half a second yeah <laughs> I'm like mm, no not a, not a good idea we
1: hope all our listeners have enjoyed this walk down memory lane with casey and his disgusting feet are you ready my, to uh you fine i'll to start
0: i'll start but my feet are wonderful so You're, there because
1: <laughs> i'm feet not are clean and pristine
0: that's right i'm not recording this damn podcast with a skanky toe reference just beforehand.
1: (laughs) Well, but everybody listening this, it'll be at the end.
0: Or at the end. (laughs) Dag Nabbit.
1: It's it's a shame you don't listen to the show.
0: I'm sorry. What do we record this thing? Is that what you do? No. And you put it out. We pretend. pretend. We're just talking between us. Good. All right. Because I have things to say, Mister. Nobody will ever hear this. Don't worry. Good, because I'm going to swear
1: like a banshee. All right, can we start this thing? Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Why don't you? Uh, I'm kick just it waiting off there. for you. God. Shut your mouth and count to five. Uno, dos,
0: tres, cuatro y cinco.